0: Hello and welcome to Enfocused coming to you this week from Oho Oasis in the Bean Bean Kingdom I'm Hilka and joining me this week is Rosalie the little record girl
1: Hello um
0: yeah so uh first things first you may notice that this is a new voice long story short uh Andrew wanted to do some other stuff and you know we all really liked working with him but We're sad to see him go, and some stuff got moved around behind the scenes. That's why there hasn't been an episode in a while. So uh, I'm here now. You may recognize (laughs) me if you've been listening to Unfocused, uh, Game Podular Unfocused, the new podcast that we launched a couple months ago. But if you haven't, if you exclusively listen to Unfocused, hi, it's me. (laughs) My name is Hilke. Uh, spelled with a Y, which is a regional form of a very regional, an extra regional form of an already regional name. Um, I live in the Netherlands, not that you can tell by the way I speak. And yeah, like I said, I'm on Unfocused. I love doing podcasts. I joined GamePodular very recently, and that worked out really well for a lot of people. Uh, but longtime fans of the show, rosalie's still here don't worry not (laughs) everything is changing all at the same time
1: yes i'm sure everybody wanted to make sure that i was here (laughs) (laughs) there's some self i mean it would be terrible if
0: just like everything fell apart instantly and everything exploded we got to keep we got to keep some consistency that's true all right how about we get into some news There was a Nintendo Direct recently. We covered it a little bit on Unfocused, but here we're going to cover it in a little more depth. It was 40-ish minutes of Nintendo goodness, and uh, we're going to share our thoughts on that a little bit. How does that sound?
1: Sounds good to me. All
0: right, so the first thing I have written down is the thing it more or less started with was a DLC for Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. Are you uh, big into Pokemon at all?
1: Uh, yes, and uh, although I think I've mentioned this before on the podcast, that uh, I have this like love hate relationship with it where I'll be like, oh, the new one looks amazing, and I'll get it, and I find it really boring. But for whatever reason, I really liked this generation, despite this being the one that's like really infamous for being really buggy. Um, so I'm actually kind of excited about the DLC, um, because the story is the best bit in this one um whether it'll run nicely who knows
0: (laughs) we know that you know it's said on the trailer that this is not necessarily indicative of the final release Mm. product but the trailer uh true to form did have frame rate issues already and i mean honestly i i kind of feel bad saying this but i don't think that's ever going to be fixed because i think game freak just doesn't have enough time
1: yeah And maybe, I was gonna say they don't have a big budget when Pokemon's like the largest, like, uh, piece of media in the world. Um, It's just kind of sad. It's sad when you look at how polished that, like, Tears of the Kingdom is, and then you look at how unpolished Pokemon Scarlet and Violet is. Um, But I guess they were like, hey, we can make a ton of money and we don't have to fix it. (laughs) So they're probably like, hmm. Do we bother uh, I actually didn't have many bugs and things when I played it uh, but I do think it wasn't up to the standard and for like how expensive that it is it's not not cool not cool Nintendo I can't even remember what the DLC had in it it just looked oh the little festival
0: yeah. Yeah, that was cute.
1: I think it'll just be nice and cute.
0: And there's also the other one because there's two DLCs, well two parts to the DLC. Yeah. The first one is the festival and then the second one is some sort of underwater third school. Yeah. And some returning faces, new adi- or uh, some returning faces to the uh, Pokédex, some new characters were shown off. Um, I admit you know i am part of the problem i am going to buy it because (laughs) like you i did very much enjoy playing pokemon scarlet it's just it was a phenomenal game when it ran properly you know yeah and yeah i really enjoyed playing it i i've done one or two of the raids i did get the um Not multiverse legends, that's Magic the Gathering. Um, (laughs) Paradox, some of the Paradox legendaries. uh, Crashing Wake and Leaf. Suicune and... The Grass legend of the Musketeers one. Did you uh, do those ones at all?
1: I did some... Um, but it's been so long ago I honestly cannot remember which ones I did.
0: They they were like they were all like time limited, which I hated. Like new Pokemon yeah. in a time limited format, that's just rude. Uh <laughs> especially the, the Leaf one. Oh my god, the Leaf one was so hard because it kept using Swords Dance and then wiping the entire team out. <laughs> um yeah, so great fun. Love that game. Uh <laughs> Uh, i'm being facetious i did genuinely enjoy it and i am gonna buy the dlc
1: yep me too uh
0: next one is sonic superstars now rosalie you are a noted fan of sonic the hedgehog Uh,
1: oh yeah
0: so uh i i admit my exposure to sonic has been not the best showing for the franchise shall we say did you uh,
1: not grow up with Sonic then?
0: I, I did not, no. I mean, oh. like I, I grew up mostly with PC games. Uh, I yeah. didn't get a quote-unquote console until I got a Game Boy Advanced. Uh, and then my first plug into to the TV console was a third-hand Nintendo 64 that we bought when the GameCube had already come out.
1: <laughs> hey, but the Game Boy Advance has some of the best Sonic games on it.
0: I will say, I have played mm-hmm. a bit of Sonic Rush. That game is really, really oh. good. I really love it. Yeah. Uh, but other games I have played, um, let me know if you spot any good ones. Uh, Sonic the Hedgehog from 2006. Oh, no. Uh, Sonic Chronicles the Dark Brotherhood on Nintendo DS.
1: Okay, I will say my friend Peter, shout out to Peter, he loves that game. <laughs> so that does have fans, but I haven't played it myself, so I cannot say if it's good or not
0: it It's a little rough uh, in my <laughs> recollection of it. And um oh yeah, i I played Sonic Adventure, one of the Sonic Adventures at a friend's house once. And okay, that's basically it. But like the the most Sonic game I've ever played was Sonic the Hedgehog two thousand and six. So not oh, no. not the best showing for the franchise, but Sonic Superstars.
1: Yeah. No, so at first when I saw it, I was like, okay, cool, because I like classic Sonic and modern Sonic. But then I was worried, because back in the day, there was a little game called Sonic Adventure 4, which was really bad, Uh, and the controls were really floaty, and it was just really awful. Uh, And then they confirmed that this Sonic, Sonic Superstars, is running on the same engine as Sonic Mania, which objectively is probably the best Sonic game ever made, and it has the same composer as Sonic Media, which is one of the greatest soundtracks ever made. So I'm pretty hype. I'm not going <laughs> um, to lie.
0: To be clear, you said Sonic Adventure 4. Did you mean like Sonic the Hedgehog 4?
1: Sorry, Sonic the Hedgehog 4 is what I meant to say, yeah.
0: I was about to say, like, I, I didn't even know Sonic Adventure 3 no. came out. <laughs>
1: it was like a download only thing I had it on the PS3 and it was it was just really it was really upsetting <laughs> to be honest but the cool thing about Superstars is that you can play it co-op and as a kid when you had Sonic on the um the Mega Drive right you could one of you could be Sonic this was like Sonic Adventure 2 and one of you could be Tails but the person who got to be Tails didn't really get to play it because Sonic is you know really fast so you just kind of be in the background so it's kind of funny that we've come around and now it is actually proper co-op like classic sonic so i'm really i'm so excited that they haven't released the release date yet but i've pre-ordered it and i have told my friends that they're coming over so i can have a full co-op like game of it the day it comes out (laughs)
0: because it's local co-op as well
1: yeah it's like proper on the couch with your friends which totally reminds me of like the Mega Drive days so I'm, I'm really excited um, and Sonic's just been really cool lately it's trying new and interesting things this isn't technically new because it's you know it's trying to be the old Sonic but it's, it's, I totally wasn't expecting it so I'm really excited and also there's a returning character uh, called Fang who was like in the comics and stuff and that's just, it's kind of cool to see like a character that isn't like super famous and well known from the Sonic universe make an appearance so I, I don't know, Sonic is, Son- I think Sonic's doing, you know, and there's a thing called the Sonic Cycle where people get hyped about a game and it ends up being bad but I feel like that's not been the case for a while and I feel like this is this is Sonic's time. <laughs> and I, I like Frontiers even so I'm really
0: excited. And, it, and, it, and um, it looks genuinely gorgeous too oh, I It I love the art style for it And that will yeah. not be the only time I'm saying that uh, today <laughs> <laughs> Some really gorgeous games on this direct
1: Oh yeah um, Yes they shared some of the, the renders from Sonic Superstars On like the official Sonic Twitter And seeing them like properly I was like Ah oh, it looks so good I'm kind of hoping they release like some merch and stuff with it um, but yeah, no, this is probably one of the main games in the, the direct that I was like super hyped about.
0: Glad to hear it. I mean if if it gets the the stamp of approval from a Sonic fan like yourself, like <laughs> I uh yeah, that looks genuinely very exciting. Next, uh Palea, the free-to-play farming sim RPG something or other. Uh, It's currently in beta, and it's coming out later this year. Um, I'm not the biggest farming sim person. I've played a fair amount of Stardew Valley uh, exclusively in multiplayer because I did not enjoy it on my own. But hey, it's a free-to-play farming sim. Uh, I believe the phrase they used was choose your own comfy life. I do worry about it being free-to-play, like whether the monetization is especially predatory, and that remains to be seen but it's like online you can play it with friends that's kind of cool yeah although not especially new for the genre i think it is it it i i do worry that it does come into kind of a crowded market nowadays cuz oh yeah like obviously farming sims have existed before stardew valley but stardew valley i feel was the big like oh this can make money that isn't like Harvest Moon money, but it can make money. And we've had just buckets of them in the past couple years.
1: Yeah. Cause the thing with Stardew Valley was that like, there's like a weird license thing with Harvest Moon. So a lot of the games that are called Harvest Moon aren't technically Harvest Moon. It's like a whole thing. And then just farming sim games have been like rubbish and then Stardew Valley came and it was like oh my god they're amazing again and now it's just there's so many of them I'm just like cool don't really care anymore um well actually that's not true because I play Dreamlight Valley which is the Disney one but there's like an incentive there because it's like oh look you can hang out with all the Disney people and in this I'm just like okay it's another farming sim
0: it it That's is free to play, which is does lower the yeah. barrier of entry quite significantly. But I'm I mean, Steady yeah. Valley is like what twenty bucks?
1: Uh, it's usually always on sale. Well, so like probably get it way cheaper than that, to be honest.
0: Without what I assume will have microtransactions, I confess I don't actually know. <laughs> but if it's free to play, it has to make money somehow. Yeah. Yeah, I don't like them either. <laughs> moving on are you a big uh, persona fan by any chance
1: yeah well I've not played all of them
0: how do you feel about more persona 5 related things
1: <laughs> I I'm pretty looking forward to this I don't know if I'll, it's a, if it's like a day one play kind of situation because at this point I'm just like just release the next one please um but no it looks really cute um it reminds me wasn't there the Persona games on the 3DS that were like little tactics games? I didn't play them so I can't really remember. Um, It just looks really cute and I love the characters so yeah I'm just hyped to have more experiences with said characters. Um, I do think the 5 gets milked more than a lot of the other ones. But I guess it's just because it's the most recent one that's gonna happen. um I'm more hype about the remake of 3, but I don't think we know if that's coming to the switch yet. so Not yeah, that I've it looks heard. all right yeah looks looks cute
0: um I feel like uh because it it's like a fire emblem style tactics game. I yeah. feel like in this one maybe positioning is even more important than it is otherwise because they showed off this system. Uh, god I wish I could remember what it was called but you have your three characters in a triangle and they do an all out attack that has a special name but it looked like you have to set them up in the triangle before they can do that and so I'm curious to see if that amount of granularity is going to add much to the formula because obviously in, in these kinds of tactics games you do have to keep like range for your ranged units and stuff into account and movement speed mm-hmm. uh, distances and stuff, but this specific amount of positioning, I wonder if it's going to be a little much. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I'm I'm a real time strategy guy. You know, a market that is really flourishing right now. We're getting just a lot of great games in the genre, um, <laughs> so. I don't really like the Fire Emblem turn-based style things, but if, if like you, are a big fan of the world and the characters, I can see this serving you very well. I really like yeah. the sort of cheap, the chibi-fied versions mm-hmm. of the characters. I think they're very cute.
1: Oh, yeah. You know, Atlas is going to be releasing like loads of figures and plushies of these versions.
0: Oh, absolutely.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I already own like, I can't talk. I already own like a loads of Persona 5 chibi type figures. But hey, you know that there's going to be loads of this style and you know what? I am here for that. That is okay with me.
0: <laughs> Do you want to talk about Myth Force next? I, I quite like the look of that one.
1: This is the one that had like the Saturday morning cartoon, like, actually reminded me of the um, the Castlevania on Netflix animated series a little bit.
0: Uh, yeah, it it had the sort of cell shading that that kind of had. Yeah, It reminded me of like that combined with, also on Netflix, uh, She-Ra and the Princesses of Power. Yeah,
1: that was a great series.
0: This is a very, like, visually throwback to that kind of series, even though both of those series are very new. Um, <laughs> it's a cooperative first-person fantasy roguelike. We've seen some other cooperative roguelikes recently, I believe. Uh, one that's immediately coming to mind is, admittedly, that's still in early access, I believe. It's called Crab Champions.
1: Oh, I've not heard of them. Uh,
0: you, you control a crab who shoots other crabs and other sea creatures. You can like uh it has a um slay the spire esque uh mechanic where you can pick which room you go into um and it makes sort of like a, a a tree that leads from the bottom to the top to the boss. But uh mythforce um if the co-op works properly, I think it could be a lot of fun, but nintendo's online <laughs> is not known known for being the best in the world mm. so that sort of remains to be seen and i hope that, that there's enough depth in the roguelike aspect to it because there's there's only so far a like nostalgia style art style can carry you yeah and especially if you are going to be playing it co-op, you, you really want it to not be super grindy and repetitive.
1: Yeah, that's why I can never get into like the Diablo series, because I just find it really repetitive and really boring. <laughs> so, Which I know a lot of people will be like, what? Um, so that is always a worry for me.
0: Hey, do you like solving mysteries with a rat that loves coffee? boy do i have a great game for you it's called detective pikachu <laughs> returns
1: what well great segue
0: yeah i smooth as butter just <laughs> knocking it out of out of the park on my first episode um yeah i love mystery solving games uh i'm a big fan of the phoenix wright games um i i fun fact i used to have an la noir poster on my wall um and love i love mystery solving games and pokemon and two great tastes that taste great together i confess i never played the one on 3ds uh but like using other pokemon to like help solve puzzles to solve the mystery and stuff oh please put put it onto my switch uh yesterday that that would be great <laughs> i would love that
1: <laughs> and we release the amiibo. do that too please oh yeah Yeah, because I didn't realise how big it was until I saw photos of it, and I was like, oh man, I'm sad I didn't pre-order that. So, get on it, Nintendo, please.
0: (laughs) Did you uh, play the first one at all?
1: I did. Do you know, I don't remember it, though. Which isn't necessarily a bad thing, I just have an awful memory. Um, And I remember the movie more, but I don't think the movie actually follows the plot of the first game that much. Um, But I, no, and I just love the character I just think it's hilarious and on, I just I love when Pokemon do things that aren't Pokemon yeah. a lot of my favorite Pokemon games aren't actually the mainline games they're like all the spin-offs so like the, the crazier and weirder they get with the spin-offs the better and I think this is one of the like the stronger ones so I am really hype for this Um, and it's like we didn't think it was gonna come because it was like rumored years ago Um, so it's actually just cool that it's a thing at all. So yeah.
0: yeah. Speaking of things that have been rumored for years, super Mario RPG is getting a remake and it's coming to switch. The uh, first ever RPG in the Mario franchise. Uh, not the only one there were the paper Mario games, the Mario and Luigi games, uh, yep and uh but this one is the one that people have been clamoring for a long time because the original came out on the Super Nintendo and yeah. hasn't I'm, I'm sure it's been on like the eShop and stuff but a proper remake like this with like full 3D graphics instead of the uh pseudo 3D pixel graphics um that you had in the original movement looks a little janky which i suppose is accurate to the super nintendo one but ah it it looks phenomenal it's so pretty and a lot of people love this game i've never played it i'm excited to experience it for the first time how about you
1: yeah i never owned it um it's one of those ones that i played a little bit at a friend's house And annoyingly it is still not on the SNES library because I've always wanted to replay through it Uh, I think I did once on a emulator tut tut Um, but no I'm really excited I, I was more the second it got revealed I was more excited for some friends because I know people who are like obsessed with this game it's just one of those things that has like such huge following despite being like not one of the Mario games, like a mainstream audience would necessarily know. Um, so I was like, it was one of those things where it's like I was excited, and I was excited for other people as well. It was all just lots of warm fuzzies all around. But no, I'm really, really excited for this. This is another one from this direct I have also pre-ordered, which doesn't wow. happen that often. So um, yeah, it it the only thing is that it doesn't. It looks a bit. Like the art style, not the art style, but like the feeling of it doesn't look exactly the same. Like I think like there's something about the peach model that just looks a bit weird to me. But I like that they're still trying to like keep the kinda again, like the kind of cheapy like appearance of the original sprites. Um but, you know, you know. I, I will trust their, you know, choices for the art style. Uh even if it doesn't look exactly How I imagined it would. I'm excited it's happening, regardless, because again I never thought this would ever happen. So
0: (laughs) now that I'm thinking about it, if my likewise also not very good memory isn't failing me, Mm -hmm. I think Yeah, now that I'm thinking about the Peach model, doesn't she look she looks like okay, if you take just a normal like JPEG of Princess Peach uh, and you put it into like paint. And then you just like drag the top down a little bit and don't adjust like the aspect ratio at all. It just kind of looks like <laughs> yeah. they did that to her, you know?
1: Yeah, it's just something about it looks a tiny bit off, and I was like, I wasn't sure if I was being nitpicky because I get that they're trying to copy the look of the sprites, and I like that they've done that. Um, there's a game later on in this direct that I think they did better in terms of how they interpret the art style, but there's just something about it, it just looks really weird <laughs> um but hey uh you know it's it's a trailer and might not necessarily be exactly what we get at the end of the day who knows and the game might be just so amazing that we don't really care to so yeah as that
0: are you big into board games at all i mean i have talked to you about this in the past so i know you're <laughs> a reasonable fan of board games but for the sake of argument uh are you into board yeah. games at all
1: uh yes, I'm like a, I'm newly into the world of board games, so I'm not as nerdy as them as video games, but I I plan to be. <laughs> if that makes sense.
0: <laughs> so uh, you probably haven't taken the dive into Gloomhaven, then have you?
1: No, I knew the name, but I've never played it.
0: Uh, Gloomhaven is massive, and uh, I I won't lie, I've considered picking it up in the past. But uh, due to its sheer size, it's very expensive. Like, we're talking triple digits oh. for this oh board my. game. Because, it, it, like, the box it comes in is really big. It has miniatures. It has so many little books and cards and, and parts and stuff. So it's coming to Switch. It was already on Steam. Uh, mm. And now it's coming to Switch. And honestly... Having a board game you can take, a digital board game you can take with you on the go, that feels like an amazing fit for the Switch. Because, like, it's cooperative, and there's, but there is also, like, a story you can play yourself. And because it's turn based, there's not, like, the, oh no, I have to get off the train, so I have to, like, suspend the game. You can just, like, save and quit, potentially. Uh, yeah this seems like a really good fit you were saying
1: no i was gonna say isn't there uh um there is a video game version of Catan, isn't there as well
0: there's actually some uh, a lot more digital board games out there than even i previously thought would ever happen um wingspan uh got a digital version spirit island one of my personal favorites has a digital version on steam right now um i
1: think root i think has like a mobile version as well i could be I, wrong
0: i believe that is true yes it is also yeah. on steam i believe i've seen oh. people play it uh but yeah i i love the idea of digital board games because i mean i i have a fair number of board games but uh, most of my friends don't exactly live very close to me anymore, uh, so Aww. I don't get to play them very often. And doing them digitally like this is what an innovation. I mean, it was going to happen eventually, but <laughs> what also a save
1: time on, on setting up. You don't have to like get all the minis out and get all the cards out. You just turn on the switch and you're you're good to go.
0: Yeah, I one of my favorite board games is Eldritch Horror. Uh, it's it is the less complicated version of Arkham Horror, but mm-hmm. it still takes a solid like 45 minutes to set it all up because you have so many decks of cards that you have to shuffle and so many punch-out tokens and all mm-hmm. this stuff. It's a phenomenal game. Highly recommend it. But if you're looking for something quick to do at a party, uh, look elsewhere. Uh, same case i believe for gloomhaven like i said the box is enormous uh and there's just a lot going on in that game and having this as a video game that'll just do all of it for you what a delight love to see it um what about silent hope
1: this was the one that had the cute little chibi anime people and looked a bit like crystal chronicles
0: uh the premise of it is the king has stolen everybody's ability to speak and they have to go on an adventure to get that back guided by a princess encased in a shell of her own tears yeah that
1: sounds very anime (laughs) you
0: control seven heroes and you go into a dungeon and you come back with monster parts and you use those monster parts to upgrade your home base and like craft items and stuff it's a little bit etrian odyssey but it looks a little less unforgiving than etrian odyssey Hmm. maybe a little bit in common with reciteer if you remember that game from like 2013 nope that was longer ago 2011 I want to say
1: no <laughs> uh
0: yeah it's sure it's, it a, it's a game about um you're a combination adventurer and fantasy item shop like hmm. you go into the dungeon to gather like equipment and loot and monster parts And then there's also a shop management aspect where you can like, okay, if I display this here, then more people are going to walk past it, which means more people are going to want it, which means I can jack up the price a little bit, make more of a profit. It's a very cool idea. And it's that and Etrian Odyssey sort of combine to make this, I feel like. And if you're into that sort of thing, which uh, I am, thank you very much, uh, I will (laughs) probably be enjoying this game. Uh... Well, we talked about one monster collecting game earlier, uh, and listeners of Unfocused will know that I am a noted Dragon Quest guy. Uh, I have played most of the Dragon Quest Monsters games, if nothing else. And hey, we're getting a new one on Switch.
1: It's a
0: Dragon Quest monster collecting game. Uh, Here's a fun fact for all you uh, Pokemon diehards out there. Don't worry. I'm one of you. I love Pokemon. (laughs) <laughs> um drag the original dragon quest on the nintendo ds was doing fully 3d environments which nintendo which game freak needed another console generation to start doing in pokemon i suppose that's not entirely true they had fully 3d environments in black and white but they didn't have 3d character models which drag quest monsters also did um so yeah love this game series i love dragon quest in general and i love that everyone in that series has like a charming regional accent
1: oh yeah like the xenoblade um yeah games. yeah in fact a dragon quest 11 has some of my favorite scottish voice acting in any game ever <laughs> um because a they hired actual scottish people and B, they're all like, we're in the highlands in a castle, so it made sense and it was just cool to hear to see, like, Akira Toriyama like, designed characters but a Scottish accent come out of them because, obviously, I'm a big Dragon Ball fan, and so I was like this is the best thing ever um, but I am also excited about this I I played the first one on the Game Boy Colour back in the day, I've not played all the um, monster series games but I have a lot of love for them um, so I will also be getting this and I am very excited
0: um, to take a wild tonal shift from fun collecting fantasy monsters to uh, uh, Metal Gear Solid Master <laughs> Collection Volume 1 probably the longest title no dragon quest monsters the dark prince i think is longer um <laughs> but yeah uh bell solid master collection volume one how do you feel about solid snake and his fun pals
1: um yeah i'm not the biggest metal gear fan in the world but i've played most of them i enjoy them and um, three is my favorite I'm not hugely excited about this because I had the HD collection on the PS Vita and I still have access to that and I still have access to the original games so I wasn't really like, you know, I, this wasn't like something I was really necessarily like hyped for and I think even hardcore Metal Gear fans are more excited for what might be on the second volume because uh, one of the games has been stuck on the PS3 for... God knows how long. Yeah, um, no, but it's cool. <laughs> yeah. So it's it, but it's cool. I guess um, Metal Gear hasn't been on a Nintendo thing since the original like Game Boy games. I don't think so. It's cool. I guess if you only have a Switch, then it's great. And if you didn't grow up with these games, like get on them. They're dif- I think they're quite difficult. Um, but they're amazing. Um. And it's just really cool. I think any release like this is great because it just makes them more accessible. Um, but as they are already quite accessible to me, I'm not entirely like hyped. But I can be hyped for people getting to experience it for, the first, for the first time, I guess. Uh,
0: people like me, for instance. <laughs> oh, because, really? Uh, wow. Here's a fun fact for you. Uh, Metal Gear has existed on Nintendo consoles <gasps> in the past. Uh, GameCube. And the only Metal Gear Solid game I've ever finished... Was Metal Gear uh, Solid 3 on the Nintendo 3DS?
1: Oh, uh, yeah! Where
0: um, you used the one thumbstick to move and the face buttons to aim, uh, which was not an ideal situation to be playing that game in. Uh, But I beat it multiple times. I love that game, it is one of my favorites. But uh. I have, and like, the only other Metal Gear Solid game I've really played was I played Ground Zeroes. Oh, yeah. The, like, teaser for 5. And that's basically it. that That is my entire experience with Metal Gear Solid. So I do own a PlayStation Vita, but I bought one secondhand after everyone, including uh-huh. Sony, kind of gave up on it. Uh, so I missed out on the HD collection on Vita, so I will definitely. Pro. Well, okay. I will probably buy this pretty soon after it comes out. I have been wanting to experience this series for so long, and like you said, the fact that we are getting, prop. Hopefully, I don't know if it's one hundred percent confirmed, that Metal Gear Solid Four is coming to a system that isn't the PlayStation Three in the future. Um, mm-hmm. Yes also just in the interest of like preservation and making it more accessible great yep. love it keep doing stuff like that game industry please
1: <laughs> oh, i can't believe i forgot about twin snakes and the cds version because i had the camouflage thing where you used the camera oh that's yeah. so silly for forgetting that because that was that. it's actually quite a cool mechanic um for that game but yeah, that's cool. Oh, it'll be interesting to see what you think of like Melgar Solid One and Two, especially. It's kind of cool that you get to experience them for the first time, actually, because that's some of the games I bet I know plenty of people that wish they could experience them for the first time.
0: I I, I won't go. I won't be going in completely blind. Like I have yeah. seen. Uh, games and I I brought up this exact thing on on the most recent unfocused, I believe. Uh, I watched a really interesting video about Metal Gear Solid Two by Super Bunny Hop uh, many years ago at this point, and he talks about like it as a meta narrative with regards to the rest of the Metal Gear Solid games and how like the fake out with Snake and Raiden uh, happens and stuff. Uh, that was very interesting and got me very interested in the series. And like I said, I love the third one phenomenal game Mm -hmm. one of my absolute favorites so yeah getting to play all of these for the first time i will say um my opinion of them might be slightly lower than most people's because i am very bad at stealth games i know (laughs) this about myself uh like i i've been playing um middle earth shadow of mordor recently and yeah. that has some of the easiest stealth in video games. And I frequently mess up. So, ugh, I, uh, yeah. Metal Gear Solid, some parts of it might be a little rough on me. <laughs> but I believe it will be worth it. Definitely. Uh, let's take another tonal shift back to bright colors and cartoons. With Penny's big breakaway, Uh, speaking of Sonic Mania earlier as well, same team. Mm. It looks, it definitely shares a little bit of Sonic DNA in some of the level design. Like you see a lot of like curved ramps for like building up speed and stuff. Uh, But mostly this one reminds me of A Hat in Time, uh, which I don't know if you've played that one
1: yeah i I mean um i'm a big nintendo 64 fan and like a huge banjo kazooie fan so things that try to replicate that era of platformers i'm usually quite into even if a hat in time i couldn't entirely get into because i think it was a bit too difficult for the kind of game it was trying to be that i could i could just be terrible at it
0: um some parts of it were definitely quite hard yeah
1: okay cool um but no, this looks really cute. I really like the when you're talking about like Sonic DNA, like the color palette really screams Sonic. Um yeah. I might not this isn't one I think I'll like pre order, but it's one I'm gonna keep my eye on. Um, especially when I need that kind of platformer like kick. You know, when you're just like in the mood to jump about and do silly things. This is yeah, this that's looks like the game Mario for Mario Odyssey for me, <laughs> mostly. Yeah. <laughs>
0: And speaking of Mario actually the uh, last game that I wrote about I don't know if you had anything you wanted to mention before we move to the main event.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh it's Mar- Super Mario Wonder. Yeah. Uh Elephant Mario, Elephant Mario. <laughs> Elephant Mario that has been the end of our presentation thank you so much we'll talk to you again (laughs) next week uh i joke uh this game looks wild i am actually a recent convert to being a mario fan um i did not like mario games for the longest time i tried a bunch of them and then i played super mario odyssey and it's one of my favorite games of all time so i actually uh before the nintendo eShop closed i went back and bought uh 3d land and i've been playing that on and off recently and that game's really fun and so obviously wonder is a 2d mario it's not going to be like odyssey at all but the art style is so inspired it's like very painterly oh, and it's so
1: beautiful
0: it, it it just looks like it has a bunch of really fun and interesting ideas and ways that it can like visually manipulate the game world in ways that are both mechanical and aesthetic.
1: Um, someone did like a comparison to like some of the original um, Super Mario like concept artwork I'm gonna say from Super Mario Brothers 3 which was originally on the NES and there was like a SNES uh, remake uh and it looks like they've deliberately tried to like make the models look like the concept art and it just makes it just it looks so beautiful and it just adds that kind of bouncy kid like beautifulness of my like characters in the world like it it may like even though this is a brand new game it feels nostalgic because of that and oh i just can't go over how lovely the sprites look like they actually look beautiful
0: I hadn't thought about it that way, but I am—I 100% agree with you. It, yeah. Like I, like I said, I'm a recent convert, so I don't have the nostalgia for the older Mario oh, games. Yeah. But, wow. Yeah, it's very, it's very evocative, while at the same time, not necessarily reinventing, but like, it, it, it is very modern in the like, mm-hmm. look at all the cool things we can do with 3D models these days
1: yeah and it's it's kind of good as well because we had the new Super Mario other series but we've had so many of them that they're not really new <laughs> anymore but they after the first one on the DS they got old really fast because there was something really like stiff about how some of it looked and I feel like this is exactly what I would want from a new Mario game that plays like an old Mario game it just it feels like it captures that kind of essence of why people like Mario games in the first place and but it still makes it fun and new and oh I'm yeah I'm really excited about this it just it just looks so wonderful
0: (laughs) this among all the games we've talked about I think this is I I generally don't pre-order but this is like oh day one purchase I am buying this (laughs) Was there anything else from the Nintendo Direct that you wanted to cover? Obviously, we didn't talk about all of it. Uh, like, the Batman trilogy is... The Batman Arkham trilogy, I should say, is coming to Switch. Cool. Good for, good, good for <laughs> Switch fans like us. Good, but like, good for Batman. The, those games have been out for a while, you know? Mm. There's other consoles you can play them on. I think they're on Game Pass, and they're definitely on Steam. Like,
1: Yeah, it's like that thing mentioned earlier that whenever something comes to like the Switch I'm like cool people who don't have other things can play it but at the same time I'm like I already have it on like the PS 3 no 4 it's, and it's again yeah it's, it's usually on sale on Steam all the time and things maybe I sound a bit privilege there but it's like cool but also I don't think I'm going to play it because I've played it <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it's cool for people who are not us. But yeah. it does make it more accessible to other people and that is yeah, not irrelevant.
1: Yeah. And if you haven't played them like that entire series is like some of the greatest superhero based games of all time and they're if you grew up with the animated series, um which is like my favorite Batman thing ever was the cartoon in the 90s with Mark Hamill as the Joker, they're based on that and they have people that were involved in it involved in the games including the voice actors so you know if you didn't know that now you do so that is what is especially cool for them of me but again I've played them quite a lot so I'm good
0: (laughs) alright so Rosalie Mm -hmm. what have we been playing recently (sighs)
1: Have I played the Pikmin Four demo.
0: Ooh, exciting! Because that was oh yeah, that was one of the things they mentioned in the uh, direct as well, and that it the was. Pikmin Four demo was going to be out either like the day of or the day after the direct. Yeah. And uh, yeah. I, like I said, my my uh, to give you a little history on my history with Nintendo, my um, owning of Nintendo like plug-in to TV consoles goes. Nintendo 64, Nintendo Switch, that's it. Um, I I was mostly a handheld uh, gamer. I did own like a GBA and an SP and a DS Lite and a 3DS and a new 3DS. Um, so all the stuff on the GameCube and the Wii, I missed out on a lot of that stuff, including Pikmin. So please mm-hmm. regale me with your stories of... Captain Olimar and tiny little turnip people.
1: <laughs> well, so I did have a GameCube. Um, but I was really bad at Pikmin. Um, because if you don't know, there's a lot of strategy involved in Pikmin. And um, I I remember when I had the first one, I didn't complete it because I didn't like seeing the Pikmin die. Because when they die, these little ghosts come out and it's really sad. (laughs) Um, So I was, yeah, it's basically it is like a strategy game. You get different colored Pikmin which can do different things. Like the blue one can go in water and the red one can withstand fire to a certain degree. And you're basically, most games, you're trying to find parts of your spaceship so you can go back home. Um, I missed out on 2 and 3. And now that I'm an adult, I was like, you know what? Maybe I might be good at Pikmin now. (laughs) Uh, So I tried the 4 demo and I forgot how absolutely charming the Pikmin series is. Um, You get to actually create your own character in this there's not many things like hairstyles to choose from but instead of being like a preset character in that world you're your own which I think is really cool uh, and you are set to um, find the other space cadets that are missing or you do in the demo anyway um, I. the only thing that demo that annoyed me is that it was really like the tutorial heavy and I felt like I was just like skipping through text like come on hurry up Um but once you actually get into it, it's just so cute and lovely because if people don't know, like in the world of Pikmin, it's like our world, but you're super tiny and cute. So a lot of the items that you can find in the game, like in the original one, I think you found, uh, did you find a game on watch? You found like actual like batteries and things, but they were huge because you're in our world, but you're teeny tiny, like honey is the kids pretty
0: much Uh, i did notice in the trailer for pikmin 4 in the demo that like there was a bit where they were in like just a a house and there was just like a soccer ball and a lamp and stuff yeah And at a certain point i saw just like a game boy advanced sp Uh
1: (laughs) well yeah because i think in the original it's like is it a Game and Watch or something? So the fact that it's now like the SP is what is old made me feel incredibly old. Yeah. <laughs> um. Uh, yeah, but yeah, it's just it's just absolutely delightful. You get I I don't know if he I think it is from the previous game. You get this like dog type character. I can't remember its name. It's like Ochi or, uh, who kind of looks like a cross between a chicken and a dog. Uh, and you can ride him and then you can make your pikmin ride him but basically you want to you collect pikmin you have a set day where you have hours and you can collect like an apple or just it's the interesting objects i think something's like a ball and things and that transforms into materials and unlocks more access for you to rescue your cadets and things it's but it's very like apart from the scary monsters that can eat your pikmin which is the most devastating thing ever it's very relaxing Uh, and i think the demo sold it for me because again i've not played two i've not played three i never completed one because i was terrible at it but i did the whole of the four demo and i was like you know what this is this is i was totally relaxed and i was like totally in the moment and I was like yeah that, that means I probably would like the entire thing um, but annoyingly I don't think your save carries over from the demo and I'm really what? not looking forward to having going over the tutorial again yeah I think you unlock if you've got save data for the demo you you can unlock something in the Pikmin app uh, which they have like that game that's like Pokemon Go and you can unlock a special item or something in the game, full game for four but I don't think that the actual save file carries over, and the the de- the demo's long, so <laughs> I don't want to have to go through that again. So I might like wait a bit after it comes out. Uh, it's just it's very cute and delightful, and I think if anyone's like me where they haven't given the series a proper try, you don't have to have played the other ones. They briefly mention Olomar, and the, through the menu it gives you like story breakdowns which is a thing i've noticed in a lot of new games and i'm all here for that um it's just really delightful there's also a cool thing where you can go underground and when you're underground there's like a puzzle and the when you're underground there's no timer because the timer in the original pikmin game like i hate timers in games they just annoy me and i get really anxious do not like so when you're in underground it's usually like this big area that kind of has like multiple puzzles that all kind of match together and I just—it felt so satisfying to complete them. And sometimes it'll just be like there'll be a big monster you have to defeat it, or you have to kind of like carefully go around it so your Pikmin don't get eaten. And um, the more you progress, the kind of more difficult the puzzles would be. And it just uh its just very it's good, good cozy gaming times as long as the Pikmin don't get eaten. So <laughs> what's it, really I, really devastating?
0: I was curious about is. I was always under the impression that Pikmin had a reputation as being a very stressful game, because there's a lot of micromanaging you have to do, and uh, like you said, the Pikmin can get eaten. But you Mm. describing it as a very cozy game kind of kind of surprises me.
1: Yeah, because that's what I thought. Unless they've done changed something up for this one, and unless the demo is like you know gonna be like, well, actually, (laughs) when I play the full game. but that's what i remember from the first one so i've always just assumed that this series was not for me and that's why i hadn't gotten the other ones and then i played this and i'm like oh i was all relaxed in bed i was like you know like that dopamine hit you get when you do puzzles and like zelda games and things i was like oh this is great um and i actually managed to do things without my pikmin getting eaten which did not happen back when i played the gamecube one um it was just, it is a bit, when, when it starts to get dark, there's like a warning and it says you must find all your remaining Pikmin and the warning is scary and I'm like, oh no, because if you don't rescue your Pikmin and it, the timer kind of goes out and it's night time, they will just be dead. <laughs> but it's, no, I, I find it really, I find it really, really soothing. Um, I'm hoping it's the case for the full game, Um, otherwise I'm in trouble. But, yeah, I, th- I think it's worth... Because the demo's there, it is free. If anyone is out there who's also like, uh, Pikmin don't think it was for me, if I remember correctly, try it. Because apart from the really annoying text boxes in the demo that take ages, um, because it's one of those tutorials where it's very obvious what you need to do, um, I was surprised at how much I enjoyed the demo. Like, genuinely taken aback to the point where I am looking at Pikmin merchandise going, hmm. So. Uh, They are very uh, cute. Oh, yeah. There's like the series of figures they're bringing out that are like little terrariums, but they're not real terrariums. They're like, they're like, but they're in little light bulbs and they're different scenes from the game. Although one has the ghosts in it, which I find really upsetting (laughs) because I don't want to be reminded of them dying because that's like the worst part. Um,. But yeah, it was just a little delightful demo. I'm I'm quite excited over the full game. Um, I'm a bit. I don't know if it's worth a full price point though. See if see if this was like twenty five pounds. I feel like I could recommend it more because there's something about Pikmin where I just feel like it doesn't like it doesn't feel like it deserves like a full the full Nintendo price tag. Um, and it's not going to get cheaper because it's a Nintendo game,
0: but yeah, that is one thing that struck me of from the 3ds uh, eShop going out of biz- out of commission. Like, yeah. I I was looking at some stuff on the store, and I was like, uh huh, yeah, Ocarina <laughs> of Time 3D, fifty nine ninety nine, or I think it was forty nine. <sighs> like a remaster of a game from the N sixty four is Mm. 50 bucks in the year of our lore 2023 that's like how much a
1: boxed copy of the original game would be yeah oh that's depressing um yeah I think that some of the Pikmin remasters were like there was a version on the Wii of like the second one I think that they released at a lower price point so it could happen with this one who knows it won't but Give it a go if if it's it's on the eShop. It is free. Um and yeah, it's I was I was delighted about how much I enjoyed it. Um I, I will say I, I didn't play this on my new Switch, so I can't say how it looks on that, but it did it still looked lovely on the original one.
0: I, I was gonna say, like I I I'm also a I didn't I didn't think Pikmin was for me kind of person, but the way mm. you're talking about it and the thing you described I think I might give it a go. I think you've convinced Yay. me.
1: No pressure if it ends up being stressful. <laughs> <laughs> Don't blame me. Blame Nintendo. No, no, no. <laughs> Wouldn't dream of it. <laughs> mm. uh,
0: I suppose we could talk about that now because you did mention that you did get a new Switch recently. I
1: did the it's OLED
0: so... version. I believe yeah. a specific Zelda edition. Or yeah. Tears of the Kingdom. I'm gonna guess. Yep. <laughs> how's, so I don't know uh, how, been Treating you.
1: Uh, yeah, I don't know how your uh, switch is doing, but my original switch. I, I I got it a year into the Switch's release. Um, it's very loud. It gets very hot, and you can hear the fans from like very far away. And so I was like, Oh no, <laughs> I think this is on its last legs. Um so I've been meaning to get a new one anyway and then I got a new job and I was like hmm <laughs> uh, and, you know whenever you get a new job and you get your first paycheck what do you do? You spend it on silly things so I was like you know what I'm going to treat myself and I'm going to get a new switch so I got the Tears of the Kingdom one which I know a lot of people think is ugly but I, I think it's really pretty and oh my the difference like I know, and I've known Nintendo. Knowing them, they're going to announce the Switch Two in like a month because that always happens whenever I get a new <laughs> Nintendo console. Um, <laughs> the screen is really lovely, you know, like on the the original Switch model. There's like a thick black border around the screen. Yeah, that is like mainly taken up. Um, so the actual Switch itself doesn't feel that much bigger, but the screen is like really satisfying um, in the difference um and the the be- the best thing this is this is silly that i find it the best thing the little rest that pops out from the back instead of just being a little dank like tiny thin bit of plastic it's like the whole back of the bottom half of the switch pops out so you can like lean it back yeah um, it, does, it doesn't
0: feel like it's constantly on the verge of snapping off
1: yeah and it's just there's these little deep there's little gold bits in the back of the joy cons the actual like um Dock is really beautiful. It's just really nice. Um and it does it's not really hot and doesn't like hurt my hands anymore. Well, you know, hurt my hand if I touch the back of my original switch because it was it got really hot. Um it maybe was a silly purchase because um I am getting a Steam Deck next week. <laughs> so <laughs> who knows? I don't know if it's gonna get played that much. In my defense, the Steam Deck is for work. <laughs> um but either way it looks really nice on my Zelda shelf and if you haven't if if anyone's on the edge about getting one the, the it's there is a huge difference it's not just an aesthetic thing it's like a uh if you play your switch a lot it's it's worth it especially cuz you know every every console handheld or not has like a lifespan on it when it starts to kind of degrade a little bit so i, I think if you can afford
0: the 4 yeah
1: yeah, and if you can afford to up, to make the upgrade, I always think that it's worth it. If not, because if you know, if you had a console for ages and it, it breaks, you're gonna be way past the warranty by then. <laughs> um, but no, I'm pleasantly surprised, and it's just it's just very exciting to have a nice fancy new Nintendo gadget.
0: <laughs> so there is one thing I wanted to ask you about about your recommendation. Uh, for me personally, mm-hmm. at least, I basically exclusively use my Switch docked. Like, I plug it into a TV, and then I I just play it like a normal console. Like, I almost never use it uh, handheld. Um, Is it still worth it in that case? Because the the, the big draw is, I assume, better battery life as well, Uh, Mm -hmm. a better screen, uh, less noise from the fans. But, Mm -hmm. like, mine is, like, behind my TV, so I wouldn't notice that as much anyway. Would you still say that it's a better upgrade for someone like me?
1: That's a good point. I haven't played it docked yet because I'm 90% playing my Switch handheld. Hmm. But I have heard that games have noticeably ran better on it when it's docked as well. Um, Whether that's enough to justify buying one I can I can check, I will check <laughs> and report back. Um, so uh, we we
0: we might be able to run Pokemon Scarlet at twenty five frames per, <laughs> per second, as opposed yeah. to the uh, around twenty that the normal Switch does.
1: But hey, if you get it, then you have extra Joy Cons, and you always need extra Joy Cons.
0: I I will say I have not noticed any Joy Con drift, but again, oh, I no. almost never use my Joy Cons. I have a pro controller that I use exclusively with it. so right, that'll be why. <laughs> they haven't seen a lot of use to Drift yet.
1: Yeah, it's the worst. <laughs> so the fact that I have extra Zelda Joy-Cons, because the other ones I have are the Skyward Sword ones that my partner had to buy me for my birthday or Christmas because my original one's, like, broke. Um, it's always good to have extra Joy-Cons. But yeah, um... I recommend it. I'm really bad at telling people to spend money on silly things, though, so always keep that in mind when I recommend you buy expensive consoles.
0: But, I mean, it it sounds like based on your experience that if you are someone who does use it quite a lot in handheld mode, if you're, Mm. like, if you have to take the train a lot for work, the quieter fan will also be nicer to the people around you. Um, Well,
1: well, yeah, I had it on the plane recently. Um, although the only bad thing about that was that the screen was big enough that someone kept like, looking over and seeing what I was playing, uh-huh. uh, which was really weird. Um, but yeah, I, that my thinking was, hey, I now have to travel because I got a new job. And then I was like, you know what's good for traveling? <laughs> um, but yeah, I've had good experiences with it for traveling so far. So um and there was no noise complaints. Nobody nobody was like, Meh, that's so loud. It was fine. Obviously I had headphones on too. That kind of helped.
0: One thing I am also going to be curious about, because you mentioned you're getting a Steam Deck next week. Uh mm. how that compares in like using it as a handheld system. Because I I have an original Switch and I have a Steam Deck. Uh I do use the Steam Deck handheld because I don't have a dock for it. And that one is more ergonomic in the sense that it's, like, better to hold on to. So it doesn't hurt your hands quite as much uh, mm-hmm. after long periods of use. But it is significantly heavier and also quite loud. Uh, the, the fans <laughs> can get pretty loud, especially in weather like this. Uh, yeah. So I I am I would be curious to hear on our next episode uh, if... if you could do a little compare and contrast. I, I would find that very interesting.
1: Yeah, I can do
0: that. Not to blindside you with homework, <laughs> uh, but hey, you listen to us for our opinions. Yep. And that's what we do here on the Mighty Game Podular Podcasting Network. <laughs> um, so... Yeah, you noticed, uh, dear listeners, that it's at the top of the show I said that we were coming from the Oho Oasis in the Bean Bean Kingdom, and that is because uh, the game that I've been playing the most of in uh, on Nintendo systems, anyway, is uh, Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga plus Bowser's Minions on the Nintendo Three DS. Uh, one of the games I bought before the Three DS eShop closed uh and one of my personal favorites i owned it on gba loved it played it multiple times and playing it with updated graphics on the 3ds was was very cool and i wanted to talk about it a little bit because i mean saying it's recent is not necessarily true anymore because it was like two months ago at this point but it recently got added to the nintendo switch expansion pass uh as a uh an emulation of the GBA original and um yeah I would say I would say it still very much holds up I think the general impression that I get is of the three Mario and Luigi games it's the best of them I did play a bit of Bowser's Inside Story I didn't like the environments basically I didn't like all the body bits, jumping on <laughs> bones and red blood cells and all that stuff. And I never played Dream Team Bros. I, I don't know if that game's any good. But Superstar Saga, great. If you love some solid physical comedy, uh some great puns. Uh it's delightful. And if I'm not mistaken, you've also been playing it a little bit on the Switch.
1: Yeah. Um I haven't completed a pl- the playthrough of it, but I've gotten quite at least more than halfway. Um, so the version that's on the the library is the Game Boy uh, Advance version. Um, it's still delightful. It's not my favorite from the Mario and Luigi games. My favorite is, is it Partners in Time? The DS one? You, oh god, have I baby,
0: forgot that one existed. Yeah, uh, we have baby
1: Mario & Luigi. I think that's my favorite, um, but it's such. Oh, I actually miss Alpha Dream as a studio like so much, because I feel like a, there's a lot of stuff in the Mario and Luigi RPGs that should be like canon to Mario as a whole. Like they add so much character and fun to the world, like that just makes Mario more interesting, and they're just so funny, and it still holds up the only thing that like I had to look up guides now and then to remember what I was meant to do but I think that's that's just a thing with games that are slightly older where you know sometimes you have to things aren't as obvious which can be a good thing for some people but for me sometimes I'm like really impatient and I'm just like oh I can't be arsed like examining every corner of this area I need to find out where I need to go google do 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 um my, even like the humor and stuff like the bit near the start where you get like your passport photos and they're like don't make a funny face and of and course you, you make can a make funny a funny face, face. yeah <laughs> it's just so cute um and the music's so good and oh. oh i love the series it's it's it still holds up so well and i kind of wish there was a way we could get all of them in like a big collection but because a lot of them were uh, involved the two screens in the ds and 3ds i don't think that's likely to happen it's not um, impossible like that's true
0: we we have seen some more ds ports for switch and you know mm-hmm. th- they have to be a little creative with that for sure like we did see that in the phoenix i, I suppose phoenix right maybe not the best example because those were originally gba games mm-hmm. um but uh etrian odyssey a series we mentioned before was like oh yeah really really needed the bottom screen because that's where you drew the map and they're doing that as like a sort of picture-in-picture thing i believe in the re-releases for switch so it's not impossible they just have to get a little bit creative with it
1: yeah it would be amazing to see because it, it's weird to think that there'll be some like younger mario fans that won't maybe might not even be aware that these games exist um, which is highly likely um, but the, the first ones, they're all just great um, I think I've played all of them um, and I can't remember a lot of them, but that doesn't mean they're bad that just means again I have a bad memory but they're just delightful, they always make me chuckle, um, even like the puzzles like Mario, you put Mario's sprite next to water and he fills up with water and he's big and round and it just looks really stupid and, and then delightful. You either
0: hammer him, jump on him, or tickle yeah. him with lightning to produce yeah. various sprays of water.
1: It's just it's just lots of it must have been so fun coming up with the mechanics in these gates. And I think I think it's in partners in time, but there's there's a joke that's very like very of its time, where you meet two hammer brothers, but they're called Delete the Bros, oh, <laughs> as wow. in like leet speak, which is like uh, a very specific joke that I guess you had to be around early internet to know what it is. But that's these games are just full of little things like that, and they're just they're just delightful, and they have some of the coolest bad guys in Mario games. Oh yeah, um, cacletta just... and
0: uh, Fawful. I love Fawful. Yes, he's. Such a little wiener. I I love him.
1: Cause if you just play like the main, like big Mario games, these you, you don't really get to see characters besides Bowser. And it's like, uh, oh, he's cool, but you know, there's cooler bad guys in yeah. these ones or the paper Mario games. But um yeah, I, I it's a hundred percent worth uh going back to either if you can get was it Digital Lonely on the 3DS for the 3DS version? I can't remember.
0: I can't remember either. I got it on the eShop because I bought it like two days before the eShop closed down. Uh. I
1: think they put it on a cartridge alongside Bowser's Inside Story as like a compilation. I could be mm. totally wrong, but I think that exists. If you can get a hold of that, do it. But if you have the Game Boy Library um, and Game Boy Advance Library on the switch then it is there and it's still awesome
0: uh one thing i did want to mention is if you're Mm -hmm. like a fan of rpgs like like final fantasy and stuff don't expect it to be super traditional like Mm -hmm. there isn't much in the way of side quests per se like there are rpg mechanics in terms of like leveling and equipment and stuff but It is a fairly linear game. There's not a huge amount of going off the beaten path and exploring. Like, you'll get some extra items, but none that are, like, super exciting. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it does still have, like, the cool little bit of progression that you get, like, like, feeling of progression you get when playing an RPG. Yeah. I did want to touch briefly, because I played the 3DS version, uh, which had the bowser's minions bonus story Ah, because in the beginning of the game if you remember uh you're on bowser's ship and it gets shot down and bowser's minions scatter all over the bean bean kingdom and then you take control of one goomba who slowly like you tries to unite the scattered minions of bowser who have sort of formed into their own little factions Mm-hmm. And you have to literally just fight them. So it's Goomba on Goomba violence uh, sometimes. <laughs> and it, it's a pretty simple uh, idea that has, I would say, a deceptive amount of depth. Because sure. um, you have three types of units. You got uh, ground units, ranged units, and flying units. And there's like a little rock, paper, scissors kind of thing to go with them. So ranged units are good against flying units, flying units are good against ground units, and ground units are good against ranged units. And you can build your little squad out of a number of each of, of, um, any combination of those units. But there's also variation in those individual units because I admit I didn't play it all the way through. I felt like I had sort of seen it all um but for example in the ground units you start with goombas but later you can get bob as well and those do different things but they're still ground units Mm -hmm. um and so there is the rock paper scissors element but there's also like formation and your like leader has special abilities that cost resources uh for instance like if an enemy unit is charging an attack, the Goomba, if you press left on the D-pad, does like a a jump scare kind of to like interrupt the charge up of that attack. So there is strategy to it in that regard. Although I found it quite funny that this kind of felt like an auto battler before we really knew what those were.
1: Hmm.
0: You know, you you get stuff like um League of Legends, I think, had, like, auto chess, or one of those MOBAs had, like, auto chess, and just, like, games where you set up your thing and then you press play and hope you win and barely interact with it beyond that. This was one of those before that really kind of got codified as a genre, uh, which I found quite interesting. I thought it was very cool. And the writing in it uh, is similarly fun and charming like the original game, so it's if you like that kind of thing it's worth checking out that part as well but honestly if you're just like this part's not in the switch version that's fine the switch version is the original game and the original game is still fantastic mm. um and the other one i've been playing is uh one we've covered on the podcast before and relatively recently but it's a metroid prime remastered mm. um This was, as we talked about earlier, I missed out on the consoles that had Metroid Prime on them. So I've never played this before. Uh, And this is, like, Metroid Prime is supposed to be one of the, like, all-time great game series. And so I really kind of... I don't want to say felt bad, but I did feel like I was missing out. Because, especially the first one, it was very revolutionary i believe in some of the things that established in the first person shooter genre um asterisk the original (laughs) version had a way different control scheme than the remaster does because the gamecube doesn't have really a second analog stick for camera Mm -hmm. controls so yeah i believe correct me if i'm wrong If you would come across an enemy, you had to stop moving, hold down a button, and then use the same analog stick to look around, and then you could shoot with the other button. Is that correct?
1: Do you know what? I wouldn't know, because I missed out on this originally. I have never played it before.
0: You have never played it before?
1: No, I've played it briefly at a friend's house, but um, I never owned it, because... I don't know why, actually. Um, my favorite Metroid is um on the SNES, um, Super. which is the one I know. Yeah, so I still have. So it's in. I wanna I'm interested to know what you think of this one because I have it on my Amazon wish list, and luckily it's one of those games that I th- like is actually still in stock, and it's only like twenty five pounds, which is like really like good for a Nintendo game, as we <laughs> explained earlier. So I'm actually really intrigued. To what you what you think because then that will probably you know result in if I finally play it or not.
0: So I really really loved this game um I think the the most important part of this game is the way it can establish atmosphere because the the music is especially the music is very atmospheric and mm-hmm. the environments uh, you do have the like video gamey kind of thing it's just like, okay, this is the ice area, this is the lava area, this is the jungle area. Um, but they're all very well realized. And just like looking around, looking in nooks and crannies, looking for things to scan to learn more little snippets of information and, and world building and stuff, that was, was super rewarding. I loved the, uh, the way those were all written. And I mean, it, it is a Metroidvania. You do kind of know what you're getting in that. Like, it is the Metroid part of Metroidvania. Like, <laughs> um, so you know, your standard. Like, you collect abilities as the game goes along, and that unlocks more areas and stuff. You, if you're listening to this, I assume you've played video games before, so um, you 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 you're probably familiar with the formula, but this especially the atmosphere is something that i feel like just metroid games in general are all really good at because i've never played super metroid but that is also mm-hmm. something i frequently hear about super metroid is that correct yeah so if you like super metroid um you'll probably like this too it is like 3d uh there are some things that didn't super make the transition to 3d that well uh primary among them is the grapple beam um which i do, i do know exists in other metroid games uh in this one it takes a long time to actually grapple onto the like grappling points so sometimes in some of the trickier platforming areas you'll be like up, oh, gotta jump deploy the grapple beam and before it like you have to be a minimum distance from the grapple point for it to actually start working. Uh. But then you'll be like, you'll have finished the arc of your jump, and you'll be on the way down, and then you'll just like get out of the minimum range, and the grapple beam will stop working. Uh, the grapple beam, not one of the game's highlights, IMHO. Uh, also, some annoying enemies. Uh, the fission Metroids were my least favorite. Um, they're these Metroids that you shoot them and then they split into Metroids of different colors that you can only kill with one of the specific beams. So the white ones you have to hit with the ice beam, the red ones you have to hit with the plasma beam, etc., etc., Those were extremely annoying, especially the white ones, because the ice beam is extremely slow. Uh, But in many ways, this kind of felt like one of the games that kind of codified what we now consider to be environmental storytelling. Uh, Because if you look at a game like Life is Strange is a great example, where most of the gameplay comes from looking around the house reading the notes that people have left behind and piecing together what happened there's a lot of that Mm -hmm. in this game too it just also instead of wandering around a house uh involves shooting bugs and finding (laughs) missiles and uh placing bombs and trying not to get knocked into the lava so if you liked life is strange but would like more um Sci-fi guns, you're gonna have a great time with this.
1: <laughs> Somewhere someone is making a Life is mod where that is a reality. Flight <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. rescue rescue Chloe or blow up a space station. <laughs>
0: <laughs> ¿Por qué no Spoilers. los dos. Why not both? <laughs> I
1: have actually played uh Metroid Prime Hunters which was on the DS I can't remember when it came out if it was after 1 or after um the other two prime games but I did enjoy that so I probably would enjoy this it's just like somehow not been on my radar but now it is on my radar um and I might have to there's so many games coming out, but I might try and prioritize it now that now that you've made it sound very exciting.
0: What one advantage in this very specific scenario is? It's not actually a very long game. Um, Ooh! Like you can spend a longer time with it if you want by like one hundred percent getting all the like missile upgrades and stuff. But mm-hmm. I i finished it in in about a week okay and i do not have super long play sessions because um i have my switch set up in a way that it's like it's set up by my computer like i'm sitting yeah. here recording and my pro controller is just on my desk uh <laughs> i set my stuff up this way so i could play monster hunter online and be on a discord call at the same time um And sitting in my office chair is worse for my back than sitting on the couch. So my play sessions on Switch games tend not to be very long. So I played it in a week, but if you have more time and more comfort, you could probably play it in like four or five evenings, I would say. That's not
1: bad. That's pretty good, actually. Like hearing a game is like not too long is like the best thing to hear <laughs> these <Yeah>. days because <laughs> I just started Final Fantasy 16 and I'm like ah oh, this is this is gonna be a while <laughs> uh, fan,
0: <laughs> fans of so, uh, the unfocused hmm? podcast may have heard me complain about that in regards to Assassin's Creed Odyssey recently oh, um yeah 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 oh
1: starting Assassin's Creed game thinking that I would have Time to do anything else, but no, that's good. That's good. I like, yeah, I like little short bursts. Um, I, I I wanna I wanna play it soon, but I also pre-ordered uh, Disney Illusion Island, which is coming out in the Switch at the end of the month. So I probably still won't play it soon, but it will be more on my radar, knowing that it's not going to take forever to complete.
0: If for no other reason, like obviously, it is just a very good game. But it is also a very important artifact of gaming history, I think, that Mm. will, um, this is the kind of game that I think was very influential on a lot of other games, and so getting to experience the original version of that um, will, if you're interested at all in, like, games as an art form, I think is an important one to have to increase your media literacy with regards to the medium of video games and having it available this way with a control scheme that lets you move and shoot at the same time um is genuinely very useful and i i hope that they do it for the other ones as well because i'd really Mm -hmm. like to play them
1: and it would just make sense and um, i'm capitalistic view they would make a lot of money if they did the other two as well
0: I don't doubt it <laughs> uh, I will say um, I I confess this may have been a me problem maybe I did something wrong but uh, in the options I turned on um, cutscene subtitles which are off by default oh. um, I did Lucky not see happens. any subtitles in the cutscenes even with that setting on a um, oh. little little bit of an oversight there. I uh, would have liked to hear things better by being able <laughs> to read what little dialogue there is in that game.
1: Because
0: mm. when I say cutscene uh, subtitles, that is relevant for, I would say, exactly two cutscenes in the game. The opening one and the one after you finish it. But, hey, that is, that is an important thing to keep in mind. And... A little bit of an oversight that I was personally not very happy about. So you mentioned that you're uh, very busy playing other games at the moment. Mm. Um, What are those games that you are playing at the moment that you may or may not be talking about in the next episode?
1: Well, I'm still trying to finish Tears of the Kingdom for one. Speaking uh, of games that
0: <laughs> take forever to finish and yeah have consumed the lives of many, uh, here's a quick fun fact for you. Um, I went to see Game Grumps live a while back when they were in Amsterdam oh, here, cool. uh, which came which the show was the literal day that Tears of the Kingdom released, um, and they <laughs> they they mentioned that on the show a couple of times where they were like. Oh, yeah. Uh, thanks for being here at the show, especially today, <laughs> the day that Tears of the Kingdom came out. Uh, most of you probably didn't know that when you booked your tickets, so thanks for oh, still showing up.
1: <laughs> that's great. Yeah. I love Egoraptor. He's like one of my actual heroes. And I have probably bought so many games because they have like played them on their YouTube channel. Um, but yeah, it's just, I don't want to rush it i'm enjoying it it's brilliant i i know i know i prefer it more than breath of the wild already but i just i don't want to rush it i'm enjoying the process of like doing a puzzle as i find it and not just rushing to do all the things um so i probably won't complete it for a while (laughs) um this this feels
0: like a game that if you're really into it which unfortunately i am not but uh This seems like something that you really want to savor, you know, just let yourself be taken in by the experience.
1: Yeah. And I feel for any, um, fellow journalist who had to review this because what an absolute horrid way to experience this game, like to like probably play it in like two days and then write about it immediately afterwards. Do not envy whoever had to do that.
0: <laughs> I, I read some reviews that were very glowing about the fact that you know I, I played it for like eighty hours and I still don't feel I've I've, I've experienced a lot of what the game has to offer. Yeah. And on the one hand, like wow, that's really impre- impressive that they accomplished that in development. But on the other hand, uh, good lord, please yeah. give your journalists more time to to review the game
1: yes um so yeah i'm still playing that and now are playing it on the, the actual um oled switch and oh the difference is so lovely uh and i also recently got needy streamer overload which is like uh, apparently it's a horror game but i haven't gotten to like that bit where it it distinguishes itself as a horror game it's like one of those um I guess you could call them idle sims you've got like a, a VTuber that you like manage and it when you load up the game it, it loads up like a pretend version of Windows 98, there's actually a lot of details in it like that, really cute, and you basically manage a VTuber and you have to like tell her to stream that night and you can text her, uh, but it's but it has like weird overtones Um, and was a really bad choice to play on a plane in public because I got some funny looks Um, but I'm uh it's my kind of weird anime thing so I'm enjoying it um what are you playing right now
0: I recently picked up a uh, ghost trick phantom detective mm. on the Nintendo switch that's a great another game. banger from the Nintendo DS era that I never got around to yeah um, wasn't that one of the ones that was like quite hard to find as well
1: it didn't used to be so I I actually bought a copy of it a couple of years ago for ten pounds in CEX, and now it's definitely not ten pounds. <laughs> um, I've seen it sell for seventy or eighty, so that was very lucky. Um, but bef- it was yeah, it was quite one of those niche it, games that, because I guess back in the then like Phoenix Wright was really popular, but like games that were like it that were more anime looking didn't really weren't really as big or at least like like I know I know one person who's like diehard obsessed with this game and she cosplayed it and it from it and she made the wigs and it was amazing but I don't know anyone else who's ever gone oh yeah that game's great until they announced that they were remastering it so I'm I'm glad this is like revitalizing it a little bit um but I too need to get it but annoyingly the physical copies were in Asia only so I have to import it if I want a physical switch copy which I hate
0: <laughs> I uh I did not have the patience for that I just got it digitally <laughs> uh yeah. but yeah I haven't played very much of it yet but it is super intriguing and mm. as I said earlier in the podcast I I like mystery solving games and oh this one's a hell of a mystery <laughs> uh it's a mystery wrapped in a conspiracy mm-hmm. uh it's it's super it's super interesting i love the puzzle solving aspects and i can't wait to play more hey. thank you for listening to this episode of end focus if you enjoyed this episode please leave us a review on itunes it really helps us get noticed You can also listen and subscribe on Stitcher, Spotify, and other podcast services. Also, be sure to check out GamePodular Unfocused. Follow us on Twitter and at GamePodular.com for updates, news, and other content. Links to all of our socials may be found at our link tree. If you'd like to support our shows, you can buy us a coffee or become a GamePodular patron. The details for both are on our websites. Thanks! This episode was edited by Hilka. Hey, that's me! And you can follow him at at Gear12 Turbo on Twitter, or more preferably at at Gear12 Turbo at Kind.social on Mastodon. I was joined today by Rosalie, who you can find at Lil, at Lil Record Girl on Twitter. That's L I L Record Girl. Uh, have a good one! <music>